and I wouldn't know that that was Dave the horse anyway. (laughs) You're fine. Hi, welcome to What A Way To Go, a podcast about unusual deaths, near misses and bizarre stories with your hosts, Sarah Austin, Claire Daly and Ellen Gamer. This is episode eight. Woohoo! I can't believe it. No, it's no. crazy, Eight isn't it? Whole episodes of chatting absolute dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hours. Hours. Absolutely yeah. hours, yeah. But, you know. I'm pleased with it. Though. Very pleased. <laughs> A lot of our friends, the people that listen to the podcast, uh, really enjoy it. Lots of good reactions. People loved your Russian story. Mate, the, like, yeah, the Dyatlov Pass is going down in history. <laughs> I think it was going down in history regardless of whether mm. I chose to talk about it here. But You did it a good service, though. Is that the phrase? Thanks. You did it well. Cheers. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Episode eight. Episode eight. I'm going to tell you about something that happened to me today. Okay, so it's weird, but I'm not sure where to put it on the scale of weird things. Okay. So, do either of you wear contact lenses? Yeah, big okay. time. Right, Every single day. Lenses. Right, I've worn contact lenses since I was like 13 years old. Mm. I've worn contact lenses for a very long time. Mm. And when you go to the optician to have a contact lens check, you go in wearing your contact lenses Mm -hmm. and then they do all the things and they look at it and they check your sight with your lenses in and Mm -hmm. they check how they fit in your eye. They check if they're like sitting in the right place or they taunt, whatever, whatever. So they do all the checks and then, then you take your contact lenses out and then they look at your eyes again, and they look at your eye health, and they turn your eyelids upside down, and all this weird stuff. Oh, I actually got. They've I, never done that to me. But do they not? I've never no, had an eyelid should. flip. Thank fuck. They need to flip your eyelids. No, I don't see want the side of it. Oh, good lord, no! It's weird. I, I quite enjoy the optician. Oh god, I, it feels a little bit um, like a spa for your only for your eyes. For your eyeballs. <laughs> have you, have you been spa. to a spa? <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been going? You know when they like pipe air in. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so like the the standard thing for contact lens wearers is you go in with them in, they check, you take them out, and then they check more things. Apart from today, mm. when the optician took my contact lenses out of my eyes. No, uh, no, that's not okay. With nary a warning, he uh. just, he just re- leaned on in and... Took them out of my eyes. That's not okay. It felt very intimate. Where had very... his fingers been? Oh, no, he, like, his, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He had visibly washed his hands in front of me, and like, it was. I wasn't worried about hygiene, but I was like, whoa. First of all, like, I'm fine with eye stuff. It, it didn't freak me out. It doesn't hurt. I, I like literally, you could stick anything in my eyes. So I mean, give <laughs> a good shit. to know. <laughs> so it wasn't the principle of like a finger near my eye. It was the casualness of like, oh, I'm just going to pop out your lenses. It felt incredibly intimate <laughs> and unexpected. And I did not, you know, in the episode of Friends where Joey goes to the tailor and the tailor cups his balls when yeah. he's measuring his... It felt a little bit like that. <laughs> it felt a bit like, huh? yeah. like you're there for a normal thing and then a very non-normal thing happens. Yeah. That's why I don't have contacts, because I don't want to put my fingers in my eyes. So if someone else tried to <laughs> yeah, get no, something out of leans, my eye... Leans on over and... I had a big issue with the putting stuff in my eye before contact lenses. Then my eyesight got so bad, I was like, you've got to try it. Yeah. And actually, it is fine, but I've never had someone take out my contact lenses. This is it. Go to daily substitutions, you'll be fine. All right. Well, it was because, you know, when you're... If you're a first-time contact lens wearer, your optician might put them in and mm. take them out to kind of like show you how to do it, but yeah. not when you've been wearing them for 20 years. Yeah, you're a pro. No, and even when I went and had my first ever contact lens lesson, I think I still did it myself. Yeah. They just well, sort of supervised. To. Yeah. 
That is a bit weird. What did he do with them? Because you wear monthlies, right? Yeah, yeah. He put them in a pot and stuff. Okay, so he respected... <laughs> you know, like a case. Respected the lid. He licked them. It was... <laughs> Popped them in his own eyes. <laughs> These are great. Ooh. These are great. I love contact lenses. Now I'm going to turn out all the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave me alone with your contact lenses. I'll be back in a minute. I'm glad it's not just me being like, was that a bit weird? No, that was weird. weird. Well, I was just talking to my friends down the pub about it and I was saying, this is quite crass, but it's like you would go for a smear test as a woman, but you don't expect the doctor to take your knickers down. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. It's fine. The stuff that you need to do the other side of having your knickers off, fine. We all know that we need to do it. But it was that act of like... (laughs) Whoop. Get that out of there. (laughs) Don't need that in there. There are certain things you can take care of yourself. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> wasn't even given. I mean, it wasn't like I was kind of tied down and he had to take. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> What's that film? Clockwork Orange. The things. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. That that film reminds me of the worst. Not the worst dream I ever had, but I once dreamt. And I know telling people about your dreams is really boring, but this is quite. <laughs> is it? Well, I, do I don't all know. The time. People Depends hate it. How funny don't it is. Well, in the dream, I looked into a mirror and I like did like open my eye like in orange and then there were eyelashes growing out of my eyeball it was so gross and now I like I can remember it clearly now so it was pretty visual I mean I know all dreams are but (laughs) (laughs) yep Imagine yeah. how much mascara you go through. It was coming up though, so you wouldn't really need to worry about it too oh, much. Okay, you only saw it. Do you get the dye in your eye when yeah, you yeah, go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I quite yeah. like that. It's kind of trippy. It's you like know? this is the spa experience that I was referring to. Again. <laughs> Maybe not. I've a spa. never been covered in dye at a spa. <laughs> Fine. Maybe I'm going to the wrong one. Yeah. I Maybe, don't know. Maybe we're all going to the thing. wrong spas. Anyway, so that's what happened to me today. And I just wanted to check that I wasn't the only person who thought it was a little bit weird. I would even find an optician taking off my glasses weird. Mm. Like yeah, that, that kind of it well. just feels intimate but like unnecessarily so. It's like mate, I got this. <laughs> I do this every day, multiple times. <laughs> I know how my hands work. <laughs> anyway, no, you're absolutely right. Write a strongly worded Google review. Give me one star. But the rest of it was Tip top. Couldn't, couldn't Spar-like. recommend Spar-like. him. Even. Yeah, <laughs> really enjoyed it. Have you? Have you had him before? <laughs> no, I haven't. It was a new. It was a new uh, optician. Right. Feed it back. Put it on his. <sighs> Should just be like less of the less of the direct contact lens taking out. Stop pinching my eyes. Mm. Keep your fingers to yourself. Step back. Anyway, L's. Okay. Let's not go first this week. Speaking of contact lenses. <laughs> No, I'm not doing anything about contact lenses. This week, I have got a story set in the 80s. Nice. Ooh. Big year for all of us. Big, when were you born? Big decade, 89. She was on the cusp. Yeah, yeah it's not a well, year, is it? It's a well. decade. Yeah, no, I wasn't born every day in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually, Spotify Throwback Thursday playlist, which is the best thing you've introduced me to this year, yeah, and you yeah. introduced me to a lot of good shit. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for you, was on it this week. <laughs> the one that was my... Yes, yes. your birthday song <laughs> my birthday was song. on it this week. Perfect. Amazing. Um, oh, Kylie and Jason. I know. She's back. Kylie's back. Yes. She looks banging. Yeah, she always does. So, um, my story is about an arcade game 
called Berserk. Oh my God, what is this story? It's going to be amazing. Is this some Black Mirror shit? Are we getting sucked into the Matrix? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. That's two very disparate references there, Black Mirror and the Matrix. Sorry. <laughs> the Matrix was from the 90s. <laughs> I feel like you might be setting your sights too high okay. if you're thinking Black Mirror. I'm just going to pull you back down a little bit, but fine. hey. Um, so it was called Berserk. First video game, arcade game, to be linked to the death of a player. <gasps> Interesting. So the game Berserk was released in 1980, and it's like a... Looking at pictures, it's pretty basic, so to play it, the player has to control like a green stick man using a joystick nice. and a firing button that activates a laser-like weapon. And the player basically has to navigate a maze filled with robots. Do <sighs> you love a robot? <laughs> I hate a robot. <laughs> they keep rearing their heads. They do. It's like <coughs> when you really hate something but secretly you're obsessed with them. Yeah. I think it's that. Um, So the robot fires lasers back at the player's character. So that is basically the crux of it. The player dies if they are shot, run into by a robot, obviously, or run into by a bloody exploding robot. An exploding robot? What good is that to anyone? Absolutely. What good? Yeah. No, I mean, let's not go down this road again. But (laughs) yeah. Spoken about the robot. Don't need an exploding robot. Um, Get electrified by the maze walls, or if they are touched by their nemesis... Evil Otto. So Evil Otto, he looks like basically the original smiley emoji. So none of your sunglasses, your heart eyes. He's just a big yellow ball, a couple of eyes and a smiley face. He looks quite nice. But he is the baddie in this game. Um, so he would chase players down if they spent too long in a single like panel of the maze. And he was just there to like quicken the pace of the game. And you can't kill him. So he's just constantly trying to like get away from robots and evil Otto. So he moves quite slowly and then once all the robots are killed, he speeds up to match the player's speed and he's attracted to the player's character and he moves like basically at the same pace. So it's quite like a stressful game, I would imagine, because mm. you're just trying to get away from this bloody emoji that looks nice, but <laughs> he is not. Christ he's not. Um so uh, and also Fun fact for you. It was apparently one of the first arcade games to include a voice synthesizer. So the robots spoke as well. So it's all quite like a lot going on. Um, so at certain points of the game, robots would explain. Ex- explain? They weren't doing any explaining. <laughs> Exclaim um, phrases such as intruder alert, intruder alert. That was when Evil Otto showed up. Bloody prick. <laughs> um, Yellow prick. Smiley face prick. Yeah. The humanoid must not escape after a player destroyed all the robots in the room and was trying to head out of there. And this one, my favourite. Chicken, fight like a robot when a player escaped a room without destroying every robot. So they were not happy robots. They never are. So he was like whipping the robots up into a frenzy. Oh, these robots were well cross. Yeah. (laughs) You're trying to fight them. They're shouting at you. And then this bloody emoji turns up and what are you going to do then? So that's kind of the game of Berserk. Fairly straightforward being 1980 in an arcade game. I'm going to tell you about what happened to Peter Bukowski when he went to play Berserk. April 1982, Peter Bukowski was an 18-year-old from South Holland, Illinois, and he visited Friar Tuck's game room. 
Um, he was a regular at Fire Tech's game room. The owner at the time said that Bukowski was on Berserk every chance he could get, sometimes with a friend, but not a lot of the time. He loved it, and the owner said that he was a really nice kid, quiet and shy, but no problems. The winter of um, 1981 had been quite a harsh winter in Illinois, so there was still snow on the ground during this April when he went to Friar Tuck's. So apparently Bukowski had walked to his girlfriend's house, then gone back home, and then walked to Friar Tuck's, and all in all that would have been a journey of approximately four miles in snow, so pretty taxing. Mm -hmm. I was not happy to walk down my street when we had (laughs) a mere spattering of it a few months ago, so I imagine a bit taxing. Um, so he went to Friar Tuck's game room with his friend Ben Everett and he complained to his friend that he was feeling quite short of breath and thirsty. So before they arrived at Friar Tuck's, he stopped to buy a soda and he drank that quite quickly and then they carried on. Bukowski apparently didn't feel particularly well after the long walk but he was just kind of hot and so he removed his coat and he started playing Berserk. He played two games in less than 20 minutes and got high scores on both of them but after his final game he put his initials into the arcade and he took two steps back and he collapsed shit an arcade assistant did begin cpr whilst an ambulance was called and he was rushed straight to the hospital but he was sadly announced dead on arrival after that incident some arcades pulled the game from the floor and there was a bit of a kind of stigma around that game kind of causing this boy to die. It was actually discovered that Bukowski had scar tissue on his heart from an undiagnosed heart mm. condition. So that would have played a part, obviously, that that would have done. And whether he would have, if he hadn't played the game, possibly it would have been something else. But I think the kind of stress from the game obviously kind of caused probably that with walking around in the snow then going straight into that was just too much he just exerted himself too much so that's quite a sad story Mm. what is kind of interesting about this game is that i think it's kind of become a bit of an urban legend Mm. because there's been other stories that have been linked to this game causing kind of the deaths of people one story that comes up if you kind of google berserk is that of jeff daly so he was a 19 year old And it was also reported that he died after playing Berserk for hours in 1981. And allegedly, so the story goes that his ending score was 16,660, which contains 666 as the sign of the devil. So that's kind of been this big, I think, rumour and it's made this game become this big urban legend. However, that has been refuted. Apparently, there is evidence of a 19-year-old, Jeff Daly, who did die in 1981, but he was interning at the Holly Lawn Cemetery in Virginia, and his cause of death was was actually a car crash. Mm. So I think that's kind of been put towards this game. And when I was looking it up, it looked like there was one other thing that was... One other person who was definitely linked to Berserk, who died whilst playing it, but I couldn't find loads on him. So Berserk is the first kind of known arcade game that's been linked to somebody dying from playing it. Wow. I love I love when that like urban legend starts to develop and it's like a cursed game. Yeah, well that's what it was because mm. there's this character Evil Otto and I think that he's now become synonymous with sort of being this cursed game and the this article that I was reading 
I think, I don't know whether it's the same town that this happened in or somewhere else, but there's like, you know, in America, you have like the big water towers. Mm. So in one town, there's one that's like a big yellow smiley face. So just looks like Evil Otto. Um, But I'm not sure if it's not the same town. It's kind of irrelevant anyway. (laughs) But um, I thought that was quite an interesting story. Quite a sad story. Yeah. Like an 18-year-old. Just like a a poor kid. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah, like I said, that kind of urban legend piece is really interesting. Would Mm. you play Berserk? Have you played Berserk? I've never played Berserk. Sounds like a Pac-Man type. Yeah, a bit like Pac-Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would I play it now? It's like, would I say Candyman in the mirror three <gasps> That's times? That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> would you say it in the mirror? I know, I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't play Berserk just because I'm not really a gamer. I'm going to do it now. I was going to get my pocket no, mirror out and say Candyman three times. storm out. I'm jump out the window. <laughs> it's like Bloody Mary in the mirror. We used to do that at my primary school. I had Did toilets with a fucking basement. And oh, Christ. I hated I it. What is it about, like, school toilets and... Definite haunting. Stupid children. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the common denominator. Idiot. 11-year-olds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. That's really interesting. I really I like that. I liked it. really like nice that. One. It's funny that um, the game was not banned, but, like, everyone hated the game, but the emoji just carried on going. Yeah. Bigger the, than ever. The game was taken out of some arcades, I think. It was removed from the floor for a while. Mm. I assume you can't really get it now just because it's probably quite shit and old compared yeah, to... Yeah, it might just be shit. Yeah, it's not going to pop can... up at four quarters or anything. What do you think is the most evil emoji? Oh. Evil emoji? Mm. Which is the most cursed emoji? The most cursed emoji. <laughs> the coffin? <laughs> okay, fine. It's <laughs> too basic for you. I think that um, was a weird question. It went sideways. I apologise if I'm, you know, I'm still just, out there. If you can, if you can think of it. I'm trying to write my brain to have. Uh, There's so many flags. There's a lot of flags. <laughs> Not yeah. gonna get through them all. Maybe just like the blue heart. Like, Why? Don't know. Like it's a bit of a fuck <laughs> you, cold, isn't it? Cold heart. You go like purple, lovely, red, standard. What about lovely. the black heart? Yeah, black. Is heart. there a black heart and a green heart? <laughs> green heart. I'm down. I like the green heart. Okay. Black heart. Yeah. Black heart. Black heart, cursed emoji. Pretty on, ominous. What sh- What do you think? Probably the same. Oh, right. <laughs> snake. Oh, snake yeah. robot. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Christ, actually. Robot snake emoji. Oh, God, I'm never using the emoji calcula- calculator. <laughs> Keyboard. <laughs> Ever again. Fine. Anyway. <clears throat> I love an emoji. Yeah. Okay. Shall I go? Please. No. No. <laughs> you this week. Um, I said to Daly outside in our pre-podcast chat mm. that mine falls into the interesting story category. Oh, you told me this last night, I think. Oh, actually. did I? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you both know. The story. Okay. The story. <laughs> I told you the whole story. Okay, well, for our listeners, it's not necessarily the way someone's died. It's just an interesting story. Just warning. We're in. I'm going to tell you the story about all the human feet that have been washing up what on Canadian shores seen this. for the last 11 years. Yeah. No. This is why I was worried because when you fuck. were like, I saw it the other day and I saw it yeah. yesterday. No, it's Wednesday. Why has that been recently in the news then? Because they've just found the 14th. Oh, oh shit. This is weird. Yeah. I mean, I've not, I didn't read the story, oh, so okay. I'm quite interested to hear the, the actual story. Well, I've got amalgamated details from all of the websites <laughs> that I've read. Um, but yeah, so the story is, since 2007, 13 disembodied feet have been found on the shores of the Salish Sea, I think I'm pronouncing that right, 
each one entombed within a shoe. What? And just what? last week, or the week before, the 14th was found by a man who was out for a Sunday afternoon stroll oh. when he made the gruesome discovery of a human foot still in a hiking boot lodged in a pile of wood. You'd never go for a walk again, would no, you? No, you wouldn't. You'd never leave your house. No. No. Horrible. Um, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police described the foot as disarticulated, which means it was disconnected from the human body to which it had belonged. <laughs> I found this quite funny, but it did not specify if it was a left or a right foot, so we don't know that detail yet. Um, but interestingly, this foot, foot number 14, was clad in a hiking boot, um, and actually all but one of the others had all been wearing trainers, sneakers for our American listeners. So it was the only the second one that wasn't found in a sneaker. Tony, your face is so weird. I might take a picture of it. Um, all right, so let's go back to the start. I, I don't know how to assemble it because I'm like, <laughs> this is weird, but I really want to know more. It's, it's an interesting story. Uh, yeah, let's go back to the start. The first foot in a shoe, the first foot in a shoe was found in August 2007. A man's size 12 Adidas trainer, Adidas, Adidas, whatever. Just six days later, Another size 12 shoe was discovered, but in a Reebok trainer. Both of the shoes were from right feet. They had feet in them as well. <laughs> I don't know if that was clear. <laughs> Just some shoes. Some yeah. shoes washed up on a beach. Foot in a shoe. We covered that. That's fine. Uh, so as you can imagine, the authorities were relatively alarmed. Uh, Corporal Gary Cox of the Oceanside Royal Canadian Mounted Police told the Vancouver Sun in August 2007, two being found in such a short period of time is quite suspicious. Finding one foot is like a million to one odds, but finding two is crazy. Over the next year, four more feet appeared in the region's inlets and beaches. Investigators logged each shoe's model and size and released photos of them to the public in hopes they would strike a chord of recognition for friends or family members of the deceased. At the time, officials did reveal that none of the human remains had shown signs of trauma, but given the weird nature of the findings, speculation ran wild, uh, with one of the biggest questions being why were all of the feet found wearing trainers? But we'll come on to that. On a few occasions, corresponding left and right feet appeared within a few months of each other. Two of the feet that washed ashore in 2008, there was one in February and then one in June, were found on separate islands in British Columbia, clad in matching size 11 Nike running shoes. So sometimes they had had both. They had the pair. Um, where many of the decayed body parts were coming from has been a fascinating mystery. There's been so many theories. There was, you know, it was quite a big thing when it started happening. Uh, some of the theories that have been thrown around, some people thought that um, the feet may have come from the fatalities of ship sinkings or even plane crashes. Another theory is that the feet have travelled vast distances and may have belonged to some of those who perished in the 2004 Asian tsunami. Oh, my God. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, some people think they could be from people killed by organised crime syndicates, so, like, chucking them off a bridge and then that. But then one of the biggest theories that people love to toss around was that the feet were from the victims of a serial killer who slices up his victims and then tosses them in the water. As the shoes and as the shoes were mounting up, lawyer and crime author Michael Slade said, "We also have to consider that this could be a serial killer, somebody who right now is underneath the radar. That has to be on the table." So obviously it was happening. Lots of people talking about it, and then you've got people jumping in, kind of raising a bit of hysteria about what was happening and what it was all about. But actually, 
it was none of those things. Uh, so over the years, and with the advances in DNA testing, authorities managed to rule out foul play on any of the feet that they found. Yeah, or, also, sorry, but yeah. if it was a serial killer, like, you wouldn't just specific, you wouldn't just get the feet if they if he was talking he yeah. or she was chucking everything he. into the water. <laughs> likely he. to be a he. Um, yeah, you'd get everything. Well, yeah, yeah, unless he was specifically just throwing the feet yeah. and keeping the body. But yeah, you wouldn't. You'd find other parts, presumably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the autopsies indicated that the feet had not been mechanically removed, but rather separated through the natural processes that occur in a marine environment. Mm. Um, but in the process of everything being discovered, a less sensational but no less tragic reason for the feet in shoes became clear. Officials were able to positively match the wayward feet with people who had been reported missing. So one of the first feet discovered was eventually linked to a missing Vancouver man who had suffered from depression and emotional distress. Um, In 2011, the British Columbia Coroner Service used the DNA analysis to identify the two feet as having belonged to a 21-year-old Surrey resident reported missing in 2004. Um, And in one remarkable case, a right foot found in Port Moody in 2011 was linked to a man who had been reported missing in 1985. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So also that might have been the reason why a lot of it took a long time to come to light because if they'd been missing for a very long time, Mm. they would have been looking for potentially recent people. But Mm. that had been obviously, you know, 20 years prior and then there's a a statement from the spokesperson from the coroner's office um said there's no reason to believe that the cases were connected anyway when the last foot was found this was the 13th the spokesperson for the coroner's service told cnn there's no reason to believe that any of the cases were connected in any way so they knew that it wasn't necessarily foul play or anything more morbid than that it was unfortunately people that had been missing and then the one that they found, the 13th, authorities determined that the foot belonged to a 79-year-old Washington state man who had gone missing almost three months earlier. So lots of people from 20 years ago or recent people as well. So police now believe all the remains are from suicides or accidental drownings. But back to the question of why trainers. Do you have any guesses why it was trainers? Is it just because most people wear trainers? Or they last longer in the sea? Yeah, kind of the second bit. So officials say there's a reasonable explanation for why so many of the feet have been found in sneakers, namely that the materials used to make modern day running shoes allow the feet to remain buoyant after they become separated from the rest of the body in the sea. So the body will sink down and the feet will rise up because of the materials. But but what is separating the feet from the rest of the body? I'll come on to that too. Um, uh, So uh, Coroner Barb McLintock told the Canadian press in 2016 it didn't really come up until we had running shoes that floated so well before they just stayed down there at the bottom of the ocean so that kind of leads you to believe there's there's lots of bodies at the bottom of the Mm. ocean it's just the ones that are popping up are the ones that were wearing trainers Mm. and then why is it only the feet that are washing ashore Um, authorities say it's because of the way human bodies decompose and how feet are protected by shoes from the elements and nibbling marine creatures Mm, and actually your ankle bone is quite thin Mm. so compared to your leg bone your ankle bone is quite thin so it's it's sometimes the first one to break away and then it's protected so it pops up to the top of the water but yeah so they found the 14th and everyone was like oh it's a weird serial killer and then actually it's not it's just some really sad circumstances and some really interesting science and you love Yay. science daily <laughs> but yeah I was just like when I first saw the headline I was like what the fuck is this <laughs> and then I read the stories I was like oh it's still pretty interesting but not what I thought it was going to be but yeah I just was fascinated by that story I thought it was brilliant mm. 
really really interesting that is it is that's great and also like i know this obviously isn't my place to say because i don't know that but hopefully some of the families that had someone missing and didn't know anything about it potentially had a bit of closure knowing that some you know their body was found or there was a reason for them to be um like aware of where they were because if they just missed went missing without a trace you could always question what if yeah so they found parts of the body i know it's obviously horrific but at least it potentially could give them a bit of closure yeah i think it is like it is you're never gonna just be like oh okay well at least we know like obviously that will be heartbreaking but i can i imagine the not knowing in, in some ways is not harder but you're just never gonna you can't ever move on can you no no so at least people can kind of understand what happened yeah but yeah that's really Sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, fascinating. Totally good story there. Thanks, Pat. Okay, so I'm gonna do mine now. So I have a story which I can't decide whether it's it's either like a really interesting, unusual story or it's just like a massive bummer. <laughs> so that's <laughs> a bit of both. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so, of all of the ways that you think, I'm asking you a question now, both. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of all of the ways that you think one could be killed by a cow, mm. how do you think that might happen? Trampled. Yeah, Trampled. like falling on you. Like wearing, well, apparently it's a bit of a myth, but I went, when I went away with some friends, we were going for a walk and I was wearing a bright red jumper and someone did point out that that might not have been sensible because there were just cows and bulls roaming Red free. rag to a bull. Yeah. But I don't know if that's true or not. Well, I mean, that's, I, I don't know if that is. Apparently, bulls can't see colour. They just that's see what, them, yeah, 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 that's what I've heard, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to, well, you basically said it squares, but I think not in the way okay. that this actually happened. <laughs> just walking down the road and a cow just falls <laughs> over onto you. Well, this guy was in bed and a cow fell onto him and killed him. Oh, my what? God. Jesus. Is this because you questioned my people dying in bed thing from last time? <laughs> yeah. yeah. People die in bed? People don't die in bed. What are you talking about? Oh, cows. And now you've found it. Cows, their heads, cows fall on cows them. Cows fall on them. Cows fall on people in bed. So, classic. Um, <clears throat> Is that also why we couldn't look at your pictures? Because there's yeah, just cows basically. in bed. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> Please put that on Instagram. <laughs> He's like, was, what? What are you for, fucking for, looking at? For the for the benefit of the listeners, like I bought my little printed out photo, my story, um, and just that one of the pages of the story is literally just a cow, <laughs> a moody cow, a moody cow, and I was like, guys, don't look at my paper. It's gonna give it away. I wouldn't have gone probably kill someone while they were asleep though. <laughs> asleep. Isn't that your automatic thought? <laughs> so the headline again is really punchy and interesting, but actually. The story behind it is actually just quite depressing. So basically, this is only 2013. Oh. It's a place called Caratinga, which is in a state in the southeast of Brazil called Minas Gerais. And basically, it's a really traditional cattle farming region. So it's like they, you know, raising cows for beef and dairy is their bread and butter that's probably probably not the right way of saying it but anyway so it's a cattle rearing region and so you've got to think there's loads of cows around and it's very hilly it's also uh, not the richest part of Brazil 
Um, Brazil is actually, I mean, I won't go into it too much, but Brazil is a fascinating country when it comes to like economic development because mm. you have parts of Brazil that are as developed as parts of like Norway and Sweden and then you have other parts of Brazil that have the development in- index equivalent of like some of the poorest countries in Africa. So mm. it's like a real disparity in that country. Anyway, I'm not going to go too much into that. We should start a podcast about you talking about <laughs> yeah, things it's like fa- that. It's, it's Brazil, Brazil is super fascinating. Anyway. So we are in Karatinga and so what you need to think, what you need to know is that it's very, very hilly and full of cows and there are people who are living in relatively ramshackle houses. Uh, And basically our story takes place in 2013, as I said, um, and Jao Maria de Souza is 45 and he is in bed with his wife Lenny one night when a cow falls through the roof of their house oh and lands on on how only his wife is fine oh, but a cow falls through the roof and it's basically happened because where the way that their house is built into the hillside is that cows are just like mooching around and can accidentally wander onto roofs basically so if, <gasps> if you think of the like the angle of the hill and, yeah. the, and the house is built into it it's a cow's not going to necessarily realise that it's wandering. <laughs> Remember about cows going up. They can't go right down. <laughs> cows, cows so they just fall into roofs. Cows can't go up. Um, no, they can go up. They can go down. So the cow is believed to have escaped from a nearby farm and climbed onto the roof of the couple's house, which backs onto a steep hill. What's that grass? Yeah, it really wants a grass. Um, and so because it's just like a corrugated roof, in some reports it says that it's as- an asbestos roof because I guess asbestos is like fibrous and maybe they use it, but that was only in one... I didn't look, asbestos was not what killed him. But anyway, the 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 cow walks onto the roof and just by chance falls through and oh. lands on how. However, immediately it doesn't actually seem that bad um, because... He actually was it just sort of fractured his leg, and it didn't seem to be that much of a problem. His wife was fine. The cow, FYI, fine. <laughs> um, so rescuers put um, rescuers took Mr. D'Souza to hospital with a fractured left leg, but no other obvious injuries. Reporting that he was conscious and talking normally, so he's like, "This fucking weird thing has happened. This cow has like dropped down on me." Um, however, this is where it turns into a less light and entertaining story, a bit more of a um, comment on the Brazilian health system oh. um, because mere hours later he died from internal bleeding while still waiting to be seen by doctors. Oh, oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That is a massive bummer. Yeah, so um, his brother in law, Carlos Correa, told Brazil's OGM Dia newspaper. Um, quote, being crushed by a cow in your bed is the last way you expect to leave this earth, but in my view, it wasn't the cow that killed our how, it was the unacceptable time he spent waiting to be examined. It was all a bit of a a bit of a mess, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently that wasn't the first time that cows had fallen through roofs. In that region, it had happened twice in the previous year. One time the cow fell through a roof and there was no one there and it was fine. The second time a cow fell through a roof and landed next to an infant and a baby. Oh, my God. Like, oh the infant my and the baby were fine. But, like, cows are falling through roofs. The police in Karatinga, which is in Minas State, which is where it all happened, have at the time launched an inquiry into the bizarre death 
and the owner of the cow could have been charged with involuntary manslaughter. I couldn't find anything that confirmed whether the owner of the cow was or was not charged with involuntary manslaughter. Seems a bit harsh. But it's kind of, it's just the last thing you expect. And uh, again, hopefully it led to slightly more stringent, well, strong roofs. (laughs) Or, or, you know, more uh, firm boundaries for the cows that were in the farms yeah and, uh, and also so, like with the hospital why yeah a cow's I mean, fallen on someone you wouldn't think oh he'll be fine just give him yeah a but like hours. again you know things like that things like kind of internal stuff that you can't you just can't see yeah. i suppose I, I mean i don't know i've got you know <laughs> i'm not, not speaking on behalf of the uh, <laughs> you're not <doctors>. a doctor <laughs> it's a shame it's like an attention grabbing headline which is obviously what got me but then mm. no unusual death that we talk about on this podcast is going to be a bed of roses no well no the podcast is about death so it's always yeah. going to be sad yeah and and if you want that podcast on brazilian uh, <laughs> economic development oh, i'll go there listen next week right in um yeah, it's shit, isn't it? That it, like things are such a lottery, and like yeah, where you are in exactly. the world, where you are in the region, where you are, wherever. There's a there's a Getty Images um, photo on the BBC website. There is absolutely no confirmation that that is the cow that fell through the roof. Doesn't look like it. Just imagine a cow. That's the picture. It's like when they have those stories about people having sex with horses and mm. they have a picture of a horse and they put like things over his eyes so you can't <laughs> tell who it is. And it's like, it I is. wouldn't know that that was Dave the horse anyway. <laughs> You're fine. I think it was like the Daily Star. I think I laughed for a week the first time I saw that. <laughs> I just couldn't get over it. Blacked out horse eyes. They show pictures of Amazing. babies of celebrities, but they'll cover up those horses' eyes. Yeah, for sure. well, we've got to we've got to make sure that the horses are they've got a right to their privacy. Yeah. <laughs> they they really do. They really do. Data protection. We could put that on Instagram too. I laugh for a couple of hours. What the horse with horse the blacked out eyes? Yeah. <laughs> with a strip over his eyes. Anyway, that wasn't the point. Okay, so, so there we go. There's my half <laughs> half interesting, half bummer story. There we go. Oh, very, yeah, very mixed, but good nonetheless. Should we end on a better note and talk about our girl crushes? Why don't we? Of the mm. week. Yeah. Um, Els, would you like to go first? Yeah. Mine is linked this week. I probably am treading on some toes, possibly, because we could all have the same ones. So mine are... Two, again, the original podcast queens, Cancel Gareth, ah, Georgia Hansen. Nice. Because we went to see the live show of My Favourite Murder and it was so good and such a good atmosphere. Like what mm. they've cultivated is incredible. Mm-hmm. What they do, they do very, very well and have really tapped into something that people want to be a part of and want to listen to. And it was just really nice to see them and they genuinely seemed like quite, not overwhelmed because they... They were taken aback by it. The they, weren't there, but yeah. they did say it was the biggest venue they've played and um, played. They were like <laughs> modest, <laughs> yeah, not not played. They were like they were modest about it, weren't they? For they sure. Nice, yeah. And when they like walked into that, they were kind of out in the corner, so they looked quite small on the stage. No yeah. one was just like, "Wow!" I've never been anywhere like a gig or whatever where people have screamed that loud. It was like being at a Beatles mm, concert. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah cool. I can't believe how loud it was. It was like cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never experienced something like that before. I've never seen the Apollo so packed out, like mm. so many people standing, and I've never known them to do the standing thing. That was a bit weird. Well, I guess it's just, I guess they've got the capacity, and they knew they were gonna. Yeah, I suppose so. Sell yeah. it. I was explaining to Steve 
about at both Steve's, I think, last night about like the the crowd of the My Favorite Murder podcast listeners, and they're kind of like old, not old, but you know, like <laughs> ex punk <laughs> girls or current current slash ex punk girls. And so the crowd very much had that feel of like being at a bit of a la- rowdy gig, because mm. um, everyone was pretty hammered. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of drunk people. Um, and it was quite lively, but it was very friendly. Yeah, and it was very. Yeah, I loved it. It was really, it was really fun. It was really fun. They're both pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's and super funny. I was listening to the first episode again today. Were yeah. you? Just because I we spoke that. about it last night, I didn't realise that oh, the murders yeah. that they did were yeah, yeah. East Area rapists. Um, and yeah, like it's it's basically the same as it was, but like they also, you can get their interest in the murder because obviously like talking about murder is frowned upon a little bit, but like they're like, no, we're fascinated by it because we're petrified of it. And mm. I feel like that's where they've built that up. It's like, yeah, you're okay to talk about it. And I feel like a lot of women have found, not release, that's a weird word to say, but like just found something in that because everyone's got... in it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And I think that... Yeah, there's so many murder podcasts, but they've done something that isn't unique per se, but like their way of doing it is very unique. And I feel like that's what meant that everybody was there screaming their lungs out for them on Saturday night. And it was just, yeah, it was really cool. Great atmosphere. Mm. Really good atmosphere, yeah. And um, well done, Sam, getting such good tickets. Yeah, Yeah, thanks, Sam Sam Knives. Is that his actual name, Knives? (laughs) (laughs) Is it? Phone in and let us know, Sam. (laughs) Establish that we don't do phone calls. (laughs) <laughs> oh we don't do phone calls damn it no, no, send us an email nice. we'll pick it up in two months um, yeah yeah very good <laughs> I didn't even think about that being my girl crush yeah no very good oh okay well fine I was like we potentially could all come with the same people but that would be fine that would be fine yeah. just get through it mine's really ridiculous and short mine is Laura Branigan who sang the song Gloria <laughs> because <laughs> you love that song <laughs> Since, you love it. Since I watched the assassination of Gianni Versace, oh, I haven't seen it. They play it in a scene where Andrew Kananen, the serial killer, is driving down a road singing the song Gloria, which is a fucking tune. Play us a little sample. Can you? I? Yeah, oh, fucking do yeah. it. I'll just we can get away with thirty seconds. Oh, hello. That's not it. <laughs> that wasn't it. It's much better than that. Oh, okay. You did. You were playing this to me. Was it last night every or was day. it Saturday? <laughs> every day. You just call me up and play it to me every single day. Come here. Come and listen to this. <laughs> anyway, I've listened to it every single day since I watched that episode. I'm going to listen to it every single day till I die. And I can't thank her to her face because unfortunately she's dead. But Laura Brannigan is my girl crush because it's a banging tune. And it's actually really perfect for that scene of the... You haven't, either of you have seen it, have you? No. But it's like, if everybody wants you, how come no one's calling? Like, it's just a... Oh, yeah, we have had this conversation. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant lyrics. Yeah, I love it. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> Thanks for being my earworm for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> for the last ten years. The next ten. Nice. Okay, so mine is... Beer Meadow Wouldn't Me. Ah, <gasps> uh, Yeah. yeah. So, she is a writer. She predominantly writes for BuzzFeed, but she also writes for Gu- The Guardian. We follow on the... her on our yeah. podcast, don't we? Ah, on our Twitter. Good, good, good. Podcast Twitter. Podcast Twitter, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm glad you knew what I meant there. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's on Instagram and Twitter, at Bimadew, which is B-I-M-A-D-E-W. She's, like, 
absolutely hilarious and brilliant and like everything she writes I really relate to and really love anyway and she is one half of the first aid kit podcast Mm. as well which is just brilliant it's just a celebration of female lust and not in a pervy way it's not like a weird perv sex thing it's like it's quite a, a funny exploration of like what we fancy what it means to fancy someone it's like performative fancying which Mm. I'm all about really enjoy all of that stuff and part of her expertise in (laughs) being like performative fancying is her Oscar Isaac gifts (gasps) yes (laughs) she's a pro Uh, if you can be a pro at gifts I think she could win an award like she's a pro at gifts anyway and thirst inducing gifts but her Oscar Isaac gifts (laughs) if I could have maybe I can do like a Twitter filter for just Bim's Oscar Isaac gifts (laughs) like maybe that's all I would look at just don't follow anything else and that's all you'll have Um, I'll make a list that's what it is yeah just do a list of just her yeah, so she's, like, great and hilarious and brilliant anyway, but, like, my particular hat tip this week is for for the many Oscar Isaac gifts. It's because a, he's... God damn it. Mm, mm-hmm. It's a good contribution to make to the world. Yeah. Just... Well, Oscar Isaac being alive. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, Oscar, I mean, Oscar... Yeah, he has to, he has to be alive first. <laughs> but then... Just making lots of good gifts. Yeah, it brings me a lot of joy. I can't remember. Do they love or hate? Oh shit! What's his name? The guy that was in the Night Manager, Hiddleston. Hiddleston. I feel I like, feel they, like like they like him. him. They, they like. They sort of fancy everyone. That's part of the. Yeah, I never used to find appeal. Hiddleston attractive until. What's that uh, film? That's High Rise. High Rise. Yeah. And then the Night Manager. Yeah. I don't yeah. at all. Not for me. No, not for me either. It's interesting. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks, mm. but we're all into Oscar Isaac. Yeah. So. <laughs> one thing we can agree on. And podcast themes. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of episode eight. It's been emotional. Sorry about all the eye poke talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some people really don't like it, do they? All right. So <laughs> see you next time. Please, please rate and review the podcast if you like it, because... Um, other people will listen to it maybe hopefully yep. tell all your friends please you can follow us at twitter at, at what a wave at twitter is our handle <laughs> at twitter yep jack at twitter at jack at, at podcast twitter I think that's what we <laughs> at, uh, at what a way pod yep same as instagram same as instagram yep same as uh, our email not at though just what a way pod the other way round what a way pod at mm, gmail.com Yep. And if you've got any suggestions for stories that you want to hear or that you want us to cover, please send them in. I feel like everyone's got a story of their fascinating what a way to go story. We'd love to hear it. Goodbye. <laughs> See you around. Bye. See you next week. Bye bye. Bye. bye.